life, we make all kinds of connections, from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. We are a weekly talk show that presents ideas for you to ponder, ideas for you to disagree with, and things that are worth considering. Uh, I'm your host, Gord Riddell, and I am here with my co-host, our very own doctor of naturopathic medicine, Alexia Georgiousis. Good evening, Alexis. Alexia, sorry. How are you? Good evening, Gord. <laughs> good, good. I'm I do well. that. I haven't tripped I over it in a long time. That's true. Uh, yeah. Just so that you know, we are live. And if you would like to join our conversation and with our guest, who I will introduce in a moment, um, uh, you can call us toll-free anywhere in North America at 1-888-346-9141. And for international callers, we are at 001 480 Five five three five seven six zero. I know you have that memorized now. Uh, um, <laughs> I will be repeating it again uh, at the end of the first commercial. And if you have a pen, please uh, do feel free to give us a call. Uh, tonight, I'm very excited to welcome Sandra Laurent. Sandra, welcome. Hi. Thank you, Gord. Uh, it's great to have you here. Now, Sandra is the founder of the Red Sky Performance in 2000, which is Canada's leading company of contemporary indigenous performance in Canada and worldwide. Uh, their mission is to create inspiring experiences of contemporary indigenous arts and culture that transform society. Um, I love this saying, it's more than dance, we are movement. Mm-hmm. And that's a great one. I, I really like it. And you have <laughs> been by from Dance International that Sandra Laurent is a force of nature to be reckoned with on the cultural scene. <laughs> and you are, you are. Uh, very impressive. Uh, you, uh, Sandra, is active in cultural diplomacy through the arts, uh, forging stronger ties by representing the nation uh, of Canada at numerous high-profile international events and platforms, including the 2018 Venice Biennial, Great Town, uh, two cultural Olympiads, both Canada and Beijing, uh, 2020 trade mission to uh, Europe, uh, Canada's with Canada's High Commission, uh, Australia Council of the Arts. Uh, Arts Council of Mongolia. Um, And as an official delegate and speaker, you're going to have to help me with this one. The 19th World something called World Congress in Cape Town, South Africa. Mm -hmm. Um, Red Sky Performances has been nominated and won 16 Dora Maver Moore Awards. That's uh, the awards are Canada's equivalent to the Tony Awards for live theater. Uh, You also received the Smithsonian. Uh, uh, Expressive Award, uh, touring since 2003. They have delivered uh, 2,755 performances across Canada, including 198 international performances in 17 countries on four continents. Are you exhausted yet? Uh, you also have, um, I know I just wrote it. You also received a doctorate of laws, an honorary doctorate of laws from Trent University. Congratulations. Thank it's you. very, very nice to receive that from a university. So mm-hmm. tell, this feels like an inspired journey to me that somehow <laughs> you were supposed to make this happen. This is what you came to this planet for. Yes. <laughs> 
Thank you for saying that. I do feel um, that I have a lot to do and I feel very motivated and excited and uh, a little with wind at my back sometimes. Right. <laughs> or beneath your wings. Um, <laughs> beneath my wings, yes. <laughs> we can't forget that part. Um, so what inspired you to start Red Sky? Um, I, you know, I'm from, first of all, I'm from a place uh, called Tomogamy, and it's a place of 1,600 islands and 3,200 kilometers of shoreline. So that's 2,000 miles of shoreline. Wow. And about 500 people when I grew up. Right. So extraordinary place and land and a place where your eye can roam and your imagination gets incited in really different ways. And I say that because I really believe that so much of Red Sky and the vision of Red Sky comes from where I'm from mm. and nurtured and the vision I think comes from that place. And so as a result, a lot of the work of Red Sky sort of braids, braids together sort of, um, you know, indigenous um, culture, you know, the performing arts, dance, theater, music, visual world, live music I'm talking about as well. Yep. And um, a lot from the environment, a lot from the land. And then um, just all those things always sort of come together in terms of what could be and what could be on stage. And so when I went to performances in Toronto and I was going to UT at the time and I go to these performances, wanting to be inspired, wanting to be larger than when I walked in. in. Okay. And often I was smaller when I walked when out. When you walked out, yeah. Feeling <laughs> like, oh my God, so I get much it. existentialist angst, so much this and that and... <laughs> And I thought, see, it was supposed to be like inspired and, and lifted in some way. It's not to say we don't grapple with tough things or other things, but you know, where that's what art is supposed to remind us of our true epic size, mm. of our of our epicness, of our humanity and our big lives that we have to live and the magnificence, you know. And so I was always like sort of, so then I thought, well, why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? They should have live music. Why don't they do that? And I would even try <laughs> telling people and they wouldn't get it. And so I thought, mm. okay, well, I know how to make things happen. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to start a company and do it. And I started flowing th th uh, uh, things through uh, Red Sky. And uh, it's called Red Sky because it's the first two letters of my indigenous name. And yes, I read, I, I read that. Tell us yeah, about that. Yeah, that's tell right. us about that. It's beautiful. And then I thought, it, that's a good name for things to kind of flow through. So my in, indigenous name is Misko Gijigatkwe. So it's like, um, so the first two letters are, are Red Sky. And it's a spirit name that you, mm. you speak with when you are um, praying or when you're, in, when you're spiritual. So you use that name to, uh, nice. in a specific way, as opposed to Sandra. Right. Right, right. Probably right. throw in Sandra somewhere in there too, and you know, <laughs> yeah. the name of my parents. And but um, so I really wanted to do something different on stage. I wanted to make rather than going to think to things and seeing our issues as Indigenous people. I didn't want to see our issues. I want to see more than our issues because we are more than our issues. Mm. 
absolutely the beauty and the power and you know this other kind of place that we have uh, that we have sort of you know um, lived in for thousands and thousands of years I want to see that place I want to see that place that connects us to all these other yeah. other things that we're connected to such as the environment such as nature mm-hmm. and so um, that's why I started Red Sky. Well, you Thank said you. something like so profound there uh, in terms of, I didn't want to go and see my issues. You know, I wanted to, you know, perform from them, you know, like, like be a part of it and, and to know that we're so much more than our issues. Yeah. And the issues can come through. They, they're more powerful if they don't come through the front door, mm-hmm. let them come uh, yes. through the window, <laughs> let them come through the back door but lead with like beauty and strength and the things that we should never compromise as a people, as a, as a, as a, as people, as individuals and as cultures, yeah, yeah. And as nations and let that come through the front door. Cause it's all going to come in. Just let us sing our songs, dance our dances. And those things will happen. You don't have to, we don't always have to um, go to our issues. And let me say something else about that is I realized though that, okay, so if I only went to our issues and created from that place, it's a smaller vision, smaller energy, smaller um, world it would have, but also um, I would then be um, defined by the colonizer because I am defining myself by issues. Why would I want to define myself through a colonial lens in a colonial dictionary when yes. I can define myself as the indigenous people that we are. That's wow. that's wow. so powerful and so uh, expansive. It's as if you're, you're basically saying to see with a much deeper awareness, a much uh, healthier sense of consciousness mm-hmm. of who, who are these indigenous people, what is really there in terms of the spirit. Um, you know, I think that's. I'm going to make every one of my out. students sit down and listen to this, <laughs> just as part of it. Who, you know, they, it's like okay, so they're studying to be therapists or whatever, but they become their issues, you know. And I mean, I'm taking it down to back to, yes. to the, an, an individual, but you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're not your issues, you know. Those are the yeah. the liberating piece that moves us forward, you know. Mm-hmm. But people are so caught up in, in going over and over the issues, you know, and mm-hmm. um, I think you're just making some very profound statements, very, very profound statements here, mm-hmm. you know, that everyone is so much more than what the issues are. And, you know, whether it's your parents who were your colonizers or whether it was, you know, <laughs> these people that came by boat and, and colonize, uh, you know, we can't allow them to, to rob us of who we are, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think that well, was really uh, profound there. And, and Sandra, I've, I've had the privilege of seeing uh, two of your presentations and mm-hmm. performances. One was the Mr. Tim and the other one was uh, Flow, which was both of them a very, very different, really remarkable. And I, I did find incredibly enlivened, like it was a sense of... of um, with when you you know very dynamic what you've talked about, but there's a real sense of uh, energy behind it. That's what I mm-hmm. felt watching both of them, and and uh, 
like even 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 though it was not live it was live but it was online it was amazing to me how that could still come through mhm yeah and then in live it's really uh extraordinary especially when you see you know the live musicians and you see them singing and you and you see the dancing and you see whatever it is that we see you know on on stage the image the the visual the animation the graphics whatever it is that we're looking at and it's it's just it's so much fun and so much work to bring all those elements together. <laughs> Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm really tired. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. I mean, I, I'm a, a huge theater fan, and so um, you know, I studied at York actually oh. at, in the theater department. So you know, it's it's um, uh, some of the photography that I saw. I, I have not seen one of your productions yet. Uh, I will absolutely when we are allowed to go back to live theater. Yes, um, uh, we'll talk about that one in a minute. But so, what it continues to inspire you, though? What gets you, what keeps you going? Uh, you just said before when we went on the air that you were writing your first novel. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I mean, this is you're just this creative, you know, energy flow that's just happening here. You know, <laughs> what, what what keeps you inspired? Um, so many things, you know, yeah. it's, um, you know, writing this novel or any project that one starts to work on when, when I'm starting to work, what I found re really exciting about it is that, you know, you've climbed into that world when everything around you wants to feed you. So like you're, <laughs> you're in the world of your novel or the project you're working on and you see something, you know, and, uh, you know, yes. That's right. That's how that thought could happen. Mm. How she could go from there. And like something would really happen. Like I was mm. trying to make the, you know, a connection between, I don't know, I'll just use it as an example. I was trying to make a connection between a tree and a thought, let's say. And then as I was sitting there, you know, this leaf would just fall down right in front of me there. That's how it could connect. Or, you know, it's just all these little things always sort of wanting to climb inside of the story and be part of it. And it's the world meeting you in that world and, and helping you energetically to flesh out what that story is. And that's yeah. really exciting when you were in that place. It's kind of like in sport, it's the zone. You know, you're There's in a zone, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's, it's also just being aware of how the universe presents to us so easily and readily, like uh, they call it synchronicity or whatever. Mm -hmm. Most people, it just hits them in the face and it falls to the floor. And they were yeah. like, what was that? You know, <laughs> they, they have no idea because yeah. they're not looking. They just don't have an awareness that it will talk to us if we shut up long enough. Yeah. You know? And if we're willing to see differently, if we're willing to pause and open our eyes in a different way. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, your the creativity that I see with so many things in, in Red Sky, because it's, it's, it really encompasses um, not only the movement, but it, it is movement in so many ways, not just the physical. Mm -hmm. um, like we can, when we come back from the break, we can talk more about the Red Talks that you also host, which are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, uh, you know, you must have a pretty, a pretty sh a dedicated team that like holds your vision with you. Do you? 
Like, like yeah. who's, 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 who's behind we're, Sandra? We're, we're a small team, believe it or not. I but I it. have a lot of collaborators in, in, um, with what we do, but our team is pretty small and mighty. And, um, you know, <laughs> mighty uh, team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. I mean, it's really, you know, uh, um, it's really important for you as the visionary person to have some of that picked up for you. Otherwise you end up doing all of it, you know, which I certainly will not go into, yeah. but I've been there, you know, uh, it's, it's those people that kind of hold well, I tried, assurance. I tried to train my brain. I really went out of my way to train my brain to be able to flip back and forth when I need to, like to look at something really creative and then to look at something uh, right. That might be more business, and we can talk about. Well, you got to you got to uh, yeah, fix the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. After the break. <laughs> On that note, after the break, we're going to get back to all the things we get to do. Founding something. So uh, you're listening to things worth considering with Sandra Laurent, and we will be right back in two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Follow the Voice America Empowerment Channel on Twitter. You already know we're full of great ideas, and our hosts have plenty to say. We want to hear from you, too. Be sure to follow us at VA Empowerment and come back every day to see what's next. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. We're here with Sandra Laurent from Red Sky Performances, and we're very pleased to have you here. Um, how is the theater doing right now with this pandemic? It must like be, is it killing you? We are so busy. You're so busy. Really? So busy. Talk I think, to me. Oh, it's so busy. It's like, you know, when COVID hit, we were just poised to go to Atlantic Canada and go on this big U.S. tour. Mm. And... Um, 
including a dude ranch we were supposed to go to. And wow. Dude ranch. Wow. Dude ranch. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that didn't happen. We were ready to go. And I thought there was a part of me, I have to say that went, Oh, thank God. And we'll get off the hamster wheel of like touring, 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 go, 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 do this, do this, make this happen. And it's like, just like full on. And then now I feel like I'm on just a different hamster wheel now. <laughs> like it's like, now it's really busy. And, but it's busy in a different way because we are basically building, we're going to be building our own digital platform that will be really, really um, an exceptional um, entity online so that we are really sort of aligning ourselves with the future and building a platform that can house what we want to do um, online and in, in the digital world. Mm. And then to carry our voice, our indigenous voice into that indigenous world. How do we do that? And it's exciting. So it's brainstorming, oh, yeah. talking about all of this really, really wonderful, thick, juicy concepts and stuff. And then, <laughs> and then put the practice to the mm. theory. How do we do, to do that? Mm -hmm. right. And then at the same time, we're like, now none of our, none of our touring dates were canceled. They were only postponed. So nothing uh, got canceled, yeah. which was really fortuitous. But, but all it means is that everything has gone a year later or maybe a year and a half later. So it's just going to get really, really busy there. And, <laughs> but at the same, but, but the, but COVID um, has sort of enabled um, us and uh, myself to sort of, you know, think about what Red Sky could be and could become and what it has been and what, it's not going to be doing anymore the same because it's going to change. Everything has to change now. Mm -hmm. And then how do we do that? And, and then how do we, and then, you know, I was able to actually, there's no way I could have written this novel without something like, like this help, right. you know, happening, I should say. And um, so there's a lot of, you know, sort of gifts in what has happened through the pandemic in a way in terms of sort of, in terms of people, you know, reconnecting in different ways to their families, themselves, to nature, to a sense of belonging, to what matters most, to sort of come away a little bit, perhaps from the material world and, you know, look at things. It, it's given people another sort of time to, to sort of look at things and to slow things down a little bit because we need a little slow. And I love what this yeah. uh, elder said to me once. He says, I don't know why they call a uh, fast, why they call it a fast. It should be called a slow. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything, funny. time changes. You're so hungry all the time. You're like, and we, when we fast, we sleep out in the bush right. alone under with a little red willow sort of you know thing around us and so you're really out there and every sound is like so hugely huge big and um but and and time goes so slow but i i i love that that a fast should be really called a slow and that's very funny that's very funny actually <laughs> i know because <laughs> it is very slow waiting for that to end i, I know <laughs> well and i think it's it's so appropriate because it really is brings in the intention of yeah, everything gets to slow down, right? It's like mm -hmm. be present with all of it. But yes. that's that's fantastic. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's very funny. Uh, yeah. The pandemic certainly slowed people down for a little while, but now everybody's speeding back up yeah. as in, in an attempt to go backwards. You know, like we're going to get back to where we were and we cannot, just like you no. said, we cannot go yeah. back there. No. That's why this happened in the first place. That's right. I think that there's a big, you know, behind all of this, uh, you know, the ancestors are just kicking us in the head going, no, 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 you wouldn't listen. Yeah, now yeah, you're going to exactly. listen. You know, yeah. and uh, yeah, I don't know where it's going to go. You know, um, it's certainly interesting. Let's, I don't, I'm not going to use words like exciting. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I, think, you know, one, I, I would say one of the big things for me is that it has been a reminder of how vulnerable we all are as people, as a planet, the absolutely. animals, the trees, the air, the water. Everything's so vulnerable and we get our feelings hurt so easily. And when we're going so fast, we can be so reckless and not even know that we're actually hurting people's feelings or, you know, or we just want to go. It's about speed and getting as much done and quantity. And it's like being and, in a car with no windows. Yeah. When whatever gets hit, you know, gets hit along the way, just gets hit. Yeah. But we're still going to go fast. Yeah. You know? And it's so, um, so it's been, it's been that vulnerability has really been a big thing. I think for, I think for many of us and, you know, to remember and to, you know, it's, it's such a big piece of, it, like, of, of the thread that we hang on in yeah. a way, <laughs> the string theory that we hang on or whatever it is we're hanging on, you yeah. know. Um, but the vulnerability, I mean, it, this is like not even a, a, you know, I mean, it's not even a full chromosome. It's a half a chromosome. It's a, it's a, it's a virus, you know, mm -hmm. that needs to get into us in order to be able for it to be able to reproduce, you know, I mean, it's just amazing, you know, yeah. and that it is just bringing people, well, taking people out and bringing them to their knees, you know, yes. uh, but, but talk about, no one can tell me now, which they didn't have to, but no one can tell me now that there isn't consciousness. I mean, it's mutated. It's changed since the very beginning. It is now even more contagious. And as a result, we're watching it go boom, 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 boom. And we're also what's happening, seeing what happened when we stop being aware. We just took, well, oh yeah, it's just the, the thing. Yeah, I, I think it, it definitely has consciousness as part of life. Yeah. And Sandra, back to your point around vulnerability, I do believe that part of this is also really helping us face our sense of mortality and a, a sense of impermanence that maybe some people never had a chance to face. Um, and it's the response to that and, and seeing that there's such, you know, delicacy and sense, and that's, I'm speaking in terms of not maybe not from obviously in terms of your ancestry whatsoever, but in terms of what the traditional European immigrant would have experienced. Right. Um, but it's it's this lack of awareness and really a lack of 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 uh, humility, in my opinion, that mm -hmm. that we've really had an entitled way of being in the world, um, and I think COVID, this experience of the pandemic, is a reset for everyone. I know one one of your red talks that you uh, have, which I, I would like you to talk about those as well that you offer through Red Sky, was the one I with. Um, Murray St. Clair, Senator Murray St. Clair and Lee Markle, which mm -hmm. was such an 
interesting discussion from an Indigenous perspective around COVID. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. It was really interesting to to to, um, to hear what they think about the pandemic and you know and the pandemic, an epi- you know the um, an epidemic, you know smallpox, uh, influenza. Spanish flu, all these things are nothing, are not new, you know. And in fact, smallpox in a lot of ways was used as bio-warfare. So yes. bio-warfare is nothing new to Indigenous people. It's been exactly. used against us. Um, and HIV, we have to keep HIV in there. We're, HIV is lose, star, coming, is going off the radar. So and much. Yeah. It is, you know, pand- the pandemic, and I'm very concerned about this, you know, the pandemic of COVID is taking away, I mean, there's so many similarities to HIV 30 years ago, and it is not cured. We don't have a vaccine for it, and people are infected every day with it worldwide. Uh, there's like 24 million people still living with it, you know. There's, there's, and there wasn't, I don't think there was even a vaccine for Spanish flu in the end. No, no, there wasn't. There wasn't. And that was like a long time ago. But right, years. with HIV, people just um, learn how to live with it. And because right. there's no vaccine, you know. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know? And I feel like a part of this is asking, going back to what you both were saying earlier, is how did we get here? Hmm. You know, the questions are, how did we get here? It was a boat. How did this, you know, I think it was a boat. (laughs) Probably. But again, you know, when we look at the relationship of the rhythms of the, of the world and nature and humanity, that we are part of nature, you know, we're part of this, but, Mm -hmm. but how did we get here? Right. So those, those questions to me always come up around, don't search for the vaccine, you know, sure, that's fine. But remember, go to the prevention and go to, wait a minute, what, what what created this? How did we create this? Measures, exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, can you talk a little bit about your Red Talks? Sure. Um, Red Talks. Um, I started. Oh, I don't know. Five, no, started in two thousand and eleven, but we only really started to um, uh, put Red Talks out in a more concerted way. I would say in the last three years. But Red Talks are basically a talk uh, for the Indigenous change makers. So Indigenous innovators, mm-hmm. leaders, um, and influencers. then- Sorry? Influencers. Yeah, influencers, artists. And, and then after, and then that sort of spun out during when the pandemic hit, I thought, you know, there's this thirst for wisdom, mm-hmm. wisdom. So maybe we create a Wisdom Keeper series as well during the pandemic. Mm. So people can at least, you know, um, have exposure to elders and grandparents and wise people um, because uh, I don't think they're held up enough, first of all, in our oh, I agree. In the Definitely. Western no. culture. They're not. And uh, so, to, you know, to hold them up and to hear what they have to say and um, so that's how the Wisdom Keepers um, ended up in, in terms of searching for meaning and Indigenous wisdom and also the way through the pandemic. Um, and, and what is the light that we can bring to people in the darkness of the pandemic? What kind of light? And I think part of that light is 
wisdom, is new ways of thinking, new ways of seeing, new ways of, of being that people could, and some transformation that could sort of happen, you know, in their minds and in their hearts while they, while they listen to somebody like Senator St. Clair. And, mm -hmm. you know, people do, uh, can get transformed in moments. It doesn't always have oh, to be yeah. so long, long, long. That's usually how we're transformed, though. This when we're issue oriented. <laughs> somebody just turns the yeah. turns the key and, you, and it opens up something inside, it, and that's exciting. Yeah. Yes, Sometimes it actually, can be something. In that in that talk, just going back to sorry to interrupt yep. you, Gord, yes, but sir. I remember for me that turning moment was Senator Sinclair had said we need more indigenous thinking people that are leading because Lee Markle was talking about indigenous people being in government. And he said, yes, and we need more people that have this awareness. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where the indigenous cultures can absolutely be leading. And it's the, it's this, we're, we're in need of wisdom for mm -hmm. so many years, right? Mm -hmm. So much yes. oppression, so much misappropriation. We all, we know this has just been, part of it for th so many generations, right? Unfortunately, sadly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. I'm a big fan of, of uh, us taking care of our seniors, our, our elders, you know, uh, I don't want to be a senior citizen. I want to be an elder, you know, yes. least, and you know, what? You know I love that you said that Gord, because I had um, a friend of mine, he was in his thirties and he's sitting around and he said, you know, People are saying, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? He said, I want to become an elder. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? Only in indigenous culture would you hear somebody say, I want to become an elder. Really, really, yeah. And I, everyone I else just, is like, I want to be young, stay young. But of course he's talking about, you know, the sort of uh, hatching of this wisdom and the ability to connect with things in a, in a different way and, and to be, um, you know, surrounded by different generations, but to be, to be a wise person. And of course, he's talking about that. But I was thinking, isn't that a lovely thing that in our culture, people aspire to be elders? Right. Yes. Well, I aspire to be one eventually. <laughs> you have to be. I realize you have to be elected. Um, well, and, uh, yes. Just because you're old doesn't make you an elder. And uh, the fact, and the fact, Sandra, that he was only in his thirties. Yeah. yeah. What are the you fact saying? That someone what are you that trying age? to say by that? What do you yeah. mean by that? All right, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're only 35. Yeah, I'm only a couple of years older than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that it's it's so sad. With again, you know, going back to the pandemic, um, I think what's brilliant about what's happened is is that every issue we have has been blown over to the top. You know, and so it just pointed out, mm -hmm. you know, our attitude around the elders, our older mm -hmm. people, you know, putting them in homes and long-term mm -hmm. homes. And, you know, in the first go round, I think 80% of everyone who died in Canada were in long-term care homes. Yes. That's not care. No, you know, it's a long-term no. something. It's you know. sick care. It's just it's sick, sick care. care. Yeah. It really it's sick is. care. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it was just, uh, I just, I didn't lose anybody or nothing. It's just like purely, you know, listening and observation and so on. But it was just tragic as far as I was concerned. Our elders, children, um, the environment, animals, domestic abuse, like all yep. of uh, racism, racism, yeah. yep. um, sexism, misogyny. you know, yep. you just, it's all just, it's always been there. 
Mm -hmm. It's there. And what the great thing is to hopefully it comes to light and people see it. Um, That would be, that would be something. Now talk about transformation. If people can see that or the majority of people. I I think what stops us from seeing it or stopping people from seeing it is just feeling so out of control, that total fear that comes back to survival of me, you know, that we've been presented with this amazing possibilities, but people are so concerned as to where's rent coming from? Where's the kid going to school? Do I have a job left? You know, those kinds of things, like pure survival elements that I think it's taking away the wisdom possibilities for us. Mm-hmm. You, know, um, you know, you know, when you're saying that, I just flashed back and I thought, you know, so you, you can imagine like people when they didn't have even like, you know, um, you know, heating except for fires and thing like that. And mm-hmm. they had to go out and hunt and collect their food every day. And, and um, you know, but that's what they knew. And I'm talking it didn't about come like, from something like, else, like indigenous people. Right. So absolutely. Like, absolutely. So it's like, but there was a spirituality in exactly. that. Mm, exactly. There was something already in that. It wasn't that you need all these things in place and then you become spiritual, but they, it was something inherently spiritual, spiritual about and existence. then I, you know and I was thinking about this a funny little sort of SNL moment I guess it was when <laughs> I was thinking about you know when I used to watch going back to like the theater and seeing all this existentialist angst and a lot of neuroses on stage to be honest <laughs> um, and then um, I was thinking I couldn't even imagine back in the day when everything, when people felt so connected, I mean, they're talking about trees and the stars and their, the water as their brothers and their sisters and yeah. not feeling disconnected, feeling connected. And to have, I couldn't even imagine an indigenous person going, suffering from existentialist angst. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know it, was, it, was like, it was a really weird kind of like collusion. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even imagine it, but, but, you know, but, in that, when people were just still trying to survive, there still was that spiritual place. There still was that. And, and I don't mean spiritual. I mean spiritual. spiritual. Practical. Exactly. Exactly. Not, and listen, not, I'm having an existentialist angst here because I have been saying <laughs> oh, yeah, I see straight. the 30-second mark. <laughs> we're past, way past <laughs> that one. Um, so that we can come back next week. Um, we have to take a break. We'll be back in two minutes. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic healthcare, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. 
We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. Uh, we're over our uh, existentialist angst here. So let me give you one that caused you existentialist angst. Uh, Sandra, um, how how impactful do you feel or do you think the Red Sky has been and continues to be in changing attitudes uh, in, in our society about indigenous culture and people? That's a big one. How impactful yeah. it's been? Um, I think it's been very impactful. We have reached a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We have uh, People have said that they've been... Um, well, they say all kinds of things, <laughs> wonderful things. Um, Listen, you've won 16 Dora Maver Moore Awards. Well, I mean, 16 Dora Maver Moore's um, nomination, well, awards and, uh, awards and nominations. Yes, That's very, very impressive. impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's very um, impressive. That's nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, we also create uh, shows for children, which I so love uh, creating. And even just with our last show that um, – was alluded to earlier with Mr. Tim, that show has been seen by a million children. Wow, in really? In the United States. A million children. That's a amazing. million children in the art live have seen that show. Really? And so once we digitize, because we're going to be digitizing yes. Mr. Tim, because it can really lend itself very well into that world of the digital realm, um, that will be, you know, and what and other languages and all of that. So it's it's really, really makes a difference. It's particularly for young minds, yeah. Um, with children, sort of opening them up to new ideas and concepts, or, you know, uh, there's just something really just sort of inspiring to see sort of the, the stars in their eyes and when they think things are funny and how they have to you know share in the last. It's just yes. really. <laughs> Share, they hit the person and laugh and fall <laughs> down and you know it's it's so fun but um but also you know everybody and, and you know reds I wanted to create red sky almost like with some of the values that we have in powwow which is when you go to a powwow you see four generations together easy yeah. it's not here's the 40 year olds only now right. we're going to go to the theater and see only 40 year olds you go to powwow you see newborns all the way to people who are 100 like you yeah. see yeah everyone in between and I love that intergenerational um, place and that they interacted with one another too it wasn't segregated by age and I like that like a lot. And I thought that's uh-huh. something I want to carry forward into as a value into a contemporary company like Red Sky that we do intergenerational interdisciplinary 
um, programming. And uh, obviously we do international uh, co-productions as well. And like intercultural. And intercultural too, and intra-national, national, national. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's a lot of things that I wanted to keep intact in that holistic feel. Because when we go into a ceremony, rather than going to a theater where you will see, you know, dance and hear music, canned music, whatever, you know, in ceremony, you will go and you will see, uh, you know, a heightened way of speaking great orators, you know, like poets. And then you will hear politics, but you will also hear um, singing, instrumentation, um, dance, and even sacred clowns come out. And mm -hmm. the sacred clowns come out so that any moment of something needs to be heightened, they come out and they heighten it and make it okay. a greater moment. That greater moment is what I want. I'm, that's what I want. You know, You're the greater moment, gal. That's, I'm, I'm after that greater moment because it lives in all of us and, we, oh, and it's yeah. everywhere and it just is everywhere. And um, so, you know, I just, I just wanted to keep that intact too, is that why go, why go back, take, take, take that holistic approach and, and then go do something and then take, and then, dissect it all again. And I'm really mm -hmm. interested too, even in the idea of one space more and more. So in the traditional sort of Western theater world, they will take the space and they'll cut it into two. So put a stage up and then they'll mm -hmm. put the stage up usually, or it's right down. And then you have the audience sitting and sort of witnessing, but in one space, because you're almost like heart to heart and eye to eye, it's, it's really, uh, it's more visceral and mm -hmm. you're sharing and inhabiting one space. You didn't cut the space up in any way. Mm. Right, well, like the stage. And I find that kind of interesting yeah. too, that one space uh, performance and what that could be as well, instead of creating two. Spaces. Yeah, I think that's actually, that's really, really uh, interesting because it, it does blend the aspect of, for me, when you were speaking about this, it feels as if it's very heart-centered, very whole. And, and the idea of one space is that idea of oneness, that there is not really any separation. Mm -hmm. You know, we have differences and in individuation, but there's not really a separation ultimately. But that's mm -hmm. a very cool concept. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that is, and it's really lateral. And, yeah. um, and, it's, it's, and it's more powerful in some ways. Yeah, and I think I think audiences are you know quite open to having those kinds of experiences. Uh, you know that they they are part of basically they're part of what's going on, part of the performance. Years ago, there's a company in Toronto here called Comus Music Theater, and Comus did a uh, a, a very large production uh, around Ra, the Egyptian. God Ra, who, you know, at night goes down through the underworld and comes up as the sun in the morning, right? And so it began at around sunset at the Science Center down in the, in the uh, uh, 
you know, in the, in the ravine there. Yeah. And then gradually it moved into the science center and back out for a feast at around one. And, and so, and, it, and people like Maureen Forrester were singing in it and, and it just, you just continually were moved with all the performers and meeting to the Knicks group and so on as you journeyed through the underworld. Yeah. And, and then, you know, there it was dawn and you came up actually on the escalators because it, it, it just glided and you were oh. coming out of this darkness into the light, you know, mm-hmm. and it was to this day, I still talk about it. Obviously it was a, an amazing, amazing night. You were up all night. I think they gave us 45 minutes to lie down at some point on some hard floor in the, in, in the, <laughs> uh, in the back of the science center or something, yeah. but it, it, you know, we were brought out of it with, with Maureen Forrester singing her area. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was an awesome experience, but it was that being a part of, as yes. opposed to separate from, you know, yeah. oh no, that's the performers, and we sit here and we applaud. Yeah. You know? I mean, we applauded, but we were applauding ourselves that we lasted all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it was an ex- and it was an amazing. I don't know if you ever heard of them or not, but no, uh, it sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did one with uh, uh, Chinese. Um, the last one they did was, I think, uh, Iron Man or something. It was about the Chinese being brought here and treated mm-hmm. so badly as they built the railroad. Yes. Uh, across Canada, yeah. you know, uh, we don't have some great stories here, you know, uh, what about, let me bring up, what about residential schools? How do we heal that? <laughs> Whoa. Man, that's a big one. I know, <laughs> I know, but I'm also I'm hearing. Because it just sort of came out of like, yeah. You know, well, that's how I work. You know, I, that's how my brain works, you know, <laughs> you know, so where does that come from? It comes from a good friend of mine whose um, parents, uh, uh, he's Cree, um, yeah. and they, uh, they won the lottery and they bought a place in Hawaii and they took me and my friend uh, for, for a couple of weeks. And the father really felt very comfortable with me. And we went for a lot of long walks on the island of Kauai and, uh, uh, he, he told me everything that had happened for him. And he, it was a very healing journey for him. It was very upsetting for me. Um, his but name it was wasn't healing. Wally, was it? Um, you know, I can't say his name at all. I just protect him completely. It's the first name. It's not Wally. Just yes or no. no. Is it Wally? Okay. Because no. no. I knew a, a millionaire who um, also won the lottery. Um, and he was uh, Cree. And he huh. ended up bu- buying a beautiful sort of Victorian farmhouse. And it was um, at uh, and, uh, sort of around this place called Swan Creek. Okay. And it was a really beautiful place. And in with his humor, he took the K off of the creek and put it on Swan. So okay. now it's a <laughs> swank. swank creek. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those swanky places. Yeah. That's funny. That's very funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, he That's just shared so much. And I just think that that's still, you know, a wound that I don't know when that heals. And I don't know yeah. how one heals that. Uh, I put it out there, not as a downer, because I think that it's about healing. You know, it's about acknowledging. Well, and know? I think, Sandra, a lot of what you're doing with Red Sky, arts and creativity are extremely healing. I, I oh, yeah. feel that there's a big part of the energy that's there. It's very, very healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, um, you know, if anybody wanted to sort of look at that, I mean, the 94 calls to action that uh, Senator St. Clair and a lot of people, other people helped to sort of 
name all the things that could be done. Um, one of the things uh, that we did is, uh, I can't remember the, num the, the number of the action, but one of it was around um, creating for children. And so Mr. Tim is basically a story uh, about reconciliation for children. Because mm -hmm. when, when reconciliation, people are saying, I've heard people saying it's, it's now a dead term. That term is dead now. That reconciliation is no longer, but people still use it too. So, right. mm -hmm. um, but I've heard both. And, uh, but we created a story of reconciliation for children to start talking about reconciliation, start talking about residential schools, mm -hmm. to start talking okay. about um, um, things early. And I mean, five, six, seven, eight, nine, wow. 10 years of wow. age. And they do. Yeah. And they, tell, they ask the best questions in the world. <laughs> and I was recently in the Netherlands last year, and I was in the, ho the home of um, Anna, Anna Frank. Anna Frank, Frank, yeah. yeah. And, and I, um, I asked some students, they're pretty young, like 20, 21, 22. And I asked them, you know, so did you guys learn about the Holocaust in school? And they said, yes, we did. And did you learn, what did you learn? And they said, they learned so much about it in, in the Netherlands, about yeah. what happened um, um, uh, with you know, Nazis. I'm gonna have to bring you back to finish that story. We literally are running oh out of time. Oh my God! Yeah, it's a, a yeah. You're gonna we have to come back. We can't leave there. But, I'm but, sorry, but what what they what they they were they learned so much about it, and it was a very emotional learning for them. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't just a head thing. Right. They were really they really cared about it, mm -hmm. and I was thinking that's what we need to do in Canada. We need yeah. to do that. Yeah. Same in Canada. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Sandra, thank you so much for being here. Uh, that was, it was great. I, I really passed. It was getting, yeah, it goes by so quickly. <laughs> I know, you, um, you, you know, Sandra. next week, uh, which is November 26th, it's the American Thanksgiving. We have an encore performance from our guest, uh, previous guest, uh, Philip Shepard. In case you missed him in September, you can listen again. Philip is recognized as a leader in the global embodiment movement. Uh, he's a creator of the embodied present process, uh, which has been developed over the last 40 years. Uh, he's also the author of Radical Wholeness and New Self, New World. Uh, Philip says that the source of our disconnection is found in our disconnection from our body. The body is our greatest resource, our most sensitively attuned intelligence. And don't miss him. If you need to know more, please get in touch with us through info at spiritgrows.ca uh, or go to our host page on Voice America. Wishing you uh, a uh, wonderful Thanksgiving. And we will be back again in two weeks. Sandra, again, thank you so much. And Alexia, as always, thank you. Thanks, Gord. Good night, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 